This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's 1-800-259-9231, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features on the site we give away, so do enjoy those on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com. You know, I said last night, Mark, that we were going to talk about Scientology, and we never got around to it. So I still want to do that. Great. That's how we're going to start things out tonight. But again, uh, you can bring up anything, 800-259-9231. So going to Slate.com, they make a very interesting uh, – they make a very persuasive and interesting point about Scientology here. Uh, Mark Oppenheimer reporting that Scientology, the controversial religion whose adherents include John Travolta, Tom Cruise, and Jenna Elfman, can't seem Who's to Jenna Elfman? some actress apparently can't seem to stay out of the news. Sometimes the church would rather not have the publicity, as when Germany recently, uh, which considers Scientology a cult, recently refused to let Tom Cruise shoot scenes for his new movie in government buildings. Other times, Scientologists court the attention, as when the same Mr. Cruz brought his Scientology-influenced anti-psychiatry crusade to the Today Show in 2005. Some Americans might consider Scientology perhaps a cult, maybe a violent sect, and certainly very weird. Violent? Um, I don't know. I've seen some. I've seen some video footage where certain Scientologists were sort of pushing around a guy on the street with a video camera, and they weren't exactly the the kindest of folk. But I don't know what he's referencing when he says violence. Uh, I've heard they put a hit out on um, people before. Really? Yeah. Um, Werner Earhart, the uh, founder of Landmark Education, Est, uh-huh. um, they claimed that he had stolen some of their uh, so it's know, like technology. one crackpot attacking another crackpot, basically. Um, and one's a religious crackpot, the other's a sort of, uh, you know, <clears throat> I don't science uh, mind, you know, psychological <laughs> crackpot. So, some Americans might consider uh, again Scientology a cult. He says, "I find the Church of Scientology odd, like many, to say the least. But Scientology is no more biz- uh, bizarre than other religions." And it's the similarities between Scientology and, say, Christianity and Judaism that make us so uncomfortable. We need to hate Scientology, lest we hate ourselves. And that's what I find interesting about this story, is that he's going to draw some some parallels between Scientology and other religions that maybe those who are in the other religions would not like to hear being drawn, because they are a little bit similar. He says, when it comes to Scientology, there's a hunger for the negative. I suspect that's because Scientology evinces an acute case of what Freud called the narcissism of small differences. That is, that we're made most uncomfortable by that which is most like us. And, of course, he's referring to religious people here, so being an atheist, the us and the we thing doesn't really apply to me. Uh, And everything, he says, of which Scientology is accused is an exaggerated form of what more normal religions do. I don't think that uh, people that believe in God are going to be able to be um, lumped in here to whatever he's going to be um, spouting off. We shall see. I doubt very seriously you're going to be able to pull that off. Does t- uh, here and we go? Christianity has the uh, has has the respectability of having been around a long time. I will admit, and to he you, addresses that point. Okay, here we go. Uh, does Scientology charge money for services? Yes, but the average Mormon tithing ten percent annually pays more money to his church than all but the most committed Scientologists pay to theirs. Many many uh, religions tithe. Um, many denominations of Christianity tithe. Jews buying tickets to high holiday services can easily part with thousands of dollars per year for, uh, per family. Is Scientology authoritarian and cult-like? Yes, but mainly at the higher levels, which is true of many religions. 
There may be pressure for members of Scientology's elite C organization not to drop out, but pressure is also placed on Catholics who might want to leave some of their cloistered orders. Does Scientology embrace pseudoscience? Absolutely. But its engrams and its e-meter, which is the silly little machine that you're supposed to hold on to that mm. reads the number of, what are they thesians, I think they're called, or thetans in your body? It's total BS, of course. Are no worse than what's propagated by your average intelligent design enthusiast. In fact, its very silliness makes it less pernicious. And what about the Xenu creation myth anti-Scientologists are so fond of? Scientologists have promised me that it's simply not part of their theology. Some say they learned about Xenu from South Park. Now remember, in South Park, they point out that the Xenu thing, which in case you don't know, is the the concept that there's this alien creature out there that created, I, I don't know, he dumped all of the souls into a volcano. He addresses it shortly here, but basically the idea is that there's this powerful alien. Instead of a instead of a god creature, this is an alien who is godlike. Right. Um, what's really what's the difference between uh you know something that's uh spiritually magically beyond our understanding and something that's alien um you know technology that's beyond our understanding. What South Park pointed out and what other people have suggested who have risen through the ranks in Scientology and who have um escaped Scientology. They have claimed that you don't hear anything about the Xenu thing up front. When you join Scientology, it's all about, you know, whatever the heck it is that it's about. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Some some gobbledygook, New Age stuff. Um, and then later on, as you advance in the levels in Scientology, because you have to pay to actually advance in the levels. Right. Uh, then you learn later, after you've been heavily indoctrinated, then they uh, then they break the Xenu news on you. So Scientology is claiming that South Park was lying, but the people that have been high in the Scientology uh, organization are claiming that Sci- uh, South Park was telling the truth. Yeah, I don't doubt for a second that, uh, you know, that, that that's so. I mean, if they've done their research, then it must be correct. Several ex-Scientologists have sworn the opposite. Given his frequent conflation of science fiction, theology, and incoherent musings, I think that L. Ron Hubbard may have taught that eons ago, the galactic warlord Xenu dumped 13.5 trillion beings in volcanoes on Earth, blowing blowing them up and scattering their souls. But I'm not sure that it's an important part of Scientology's teachings. And if Xenu is part of the Church's theology, it's certainly no stranger than what's in Genesis. It's just newer, and so it seems weirder. Religions appear strange in inverse proportion to their age. Judaism and Catholicism seem normal. Or Just because we've heard the stories so often. Right. Or at least they don't seem deviant. D- yeah. Don't, don't let me get on uh, doing my Noah math for you and how <laughs> completely implausible it is that the world was covered in water. for right. uh, you know That it rained for 40 days and 40 nights and how much water had to fall in those 40 days and 40 nights in order to um, cover Mount Ararat. It's and then an where did it all go? Yeah, and then where did it go after that? Mormonism, now less than 200 years old, can seem a bit incredible. And Scientology, founded 50 years ago, sounds truly bizarre. To hear from a burning brush, or burning bush rather, 3,000 years ago is not as strange as meeting the Angel Morani two centuries ago, which is far less strange than having a hack sci-fi writer as your prophet. It's not to say that Does all... Does the really... Angel Morani have to do with the Mormons? Must, must be, yes. 
Uh, that's not to say that all religions are equal or equally deserving of respect. I'm no more of a Scientologist than I am a Swedenborgian or a member of the Nation of Islam. And I do have two criticisms of Scientology that one rarely hears from Xenu-obsessed detractors. First, while the introductory Scientology costs aren't outlandish, for example, a member might pay about $200 for a dozen sessions of auditing to start out. The fees increase as adherents gain new knowledge through the advanced coursework uh, going up the bridge to total freedom in Scientology speak. And it does make the religion seem uh, resemble a pyramid or matrix scheme. More than one Scientologist explained to me that they don't have the financial resources of the Catholic Church that comes from thousands of years of donations. They have to charge. Well, that's not the entire truth. The secrecy surrounding Scientology's higher levels of knowledge has no apparent analog in the Abrahamic faiths, and the steep financial outlay to get to higher knowledge also seems unique. Catholicism doesn't charge people to become learned, nor does Judaism. In fact, the greatest scholars in those faiths are often revered paupers, penniless rabbis and voluntarily poor priests, monks, and nuns. Poverty isn't Scientology's style, to say the least. That leads me to my second criticism. Bad aesthetics. I have never been less religiously moved by ostensibly religious spaces than when I've been in Scientology buildings. Whether the Celebrity Center in Los Angeles, the New York Church off Times Square, or the local branch down the street from my house, Scientology buildings are filled with garish colors, flat-screen TVs showing silly, dull videos, and glossy pamphlets recycling the legend of the overrated L. Ron Hubbard, whom Scientologists revere as a scientist, writer, and seer of the first rank. You know, have you ever talked to anybody who's ever gone in for one of the Scientology initial video presentations? I have, but I don't you know, I, I wasn't imparted any information, really. It, it really, somebody went in and told me all about it, and they got the distinct impression that there were some serious brainwashing techniques going on in the videos that you watch. That, uh, like uh, subliminal messages? I don't know about subliminal messages, but just droning and monotone sort of talking, and I, we'll come back with more. If you've experienced Scientology, call in. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site, we give them away, so do enjoy those on us. And those features include updates. Get signed up for the updates list. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Uh, You can get on the list at updates.freetalklive.com. That, again, is updates.freetalklive.com. Opportunistic lawyers, judges, future ex-spouses, disgruntled ex-employees, and meddling bureaucrats. These people want your money, home, and car. What have you done to protect yourself at keepyourassets.net? They're experts in sheltering your wealth. Go to keepyourassets.net and take their asset protection crash course today. They'll show you how to keep your assets. That's keepyourassets.net. We're talking about Scientology, and if you've actually had some personal experience with this uh, religion would like to hear from you because all i know is you know what i've heard from people and i've heard that it's kind of a it's kind of a spooky sort of new agey religion where they use brainwashing techniques in their videos in order to sort of mind warp you into continuing the uh, the process and and signing up and spending thousands of dollars on I don't think that's entirely pseudo scientific processes ent- to have. entirely fair mind warping is not a fair um you know statement that, that people make their choices um they people join all kinds of religions uh Scientology happens to be one of them 
The gentleman from Slate.com has a few more thoughts here. He's pointing out that Scientology actually has a lot in common with other religions of the world. The one major difference between it and the other religions being that it's newer. That's all. It hasn't been around for hundreds of years. And so, therefore, because um, we don't have the same perspective on Scientology, it seems a little bit crazier than the other religions. But in reality, they're all pretty much equally crazy. Anyway, he goes on to say that, in his opinion, Hubbard's books are bad, the movies they inspire are bad, and the derivative future futuro techno look that Scientology loves is an affront to good taste on every level. It's a religion that screams nouveau Star Trek riche. For those of us who seek mystery, <laughs> wonder, and that's be- funny, if nothing else, and beauty in our religion, Scientology is a non-starter. But good taste, as art critic Dave Hickey says, is just the residue of someone else's privilege. Catholicism has its Gothic cathedrals, Judaism its timeless Torah scrolls. Scientology's brand new, but it has played an impressive game of catch-up. In its drive to be a major world religion, it will inevitably go through a period when its absurdities and missteps are glaringly apparent. But someday it will be old and prosaic, and there may still be Scientologists. And when some of those Scientologists embezzle, lie, and steal, as they surely will, they'll seem no worse than Christians, Jews, or Muslims who've done the same. So, do you have experience with this religion? Want to hear from you? Let's go to the phones to Eric in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Eric? Hey, fellas. Hey, what's on your mind? As you know, in Scientology, the more you pay, the more you can learn, and uh, you know, uh, the further you progress within religion. That's correct. So, in that sense, I really think that it's just the most expensive novel ever written. You know, it's kind of like Harry Potter in that respect. But, well, uh, it's you know, I mean, you could say the same thing about universities, right? You yeah, I suppose, have to but pay in order to learn to go there. It's not proposing to be a faith. I, th- I think it's something completely different. I know. But uh, you guys might know that uh, Tom Cruise is actually level seven, I believe. Well, how many and levels are there? Do you know? I think there's eight, but then they're adding more on so that they oh, can get more money. Or something yeah, like that. that's a good idea. Well, yeah, if really, you've got I people at level eight, uh, they, they probably got they they've shown themselves to be willing to invest money. So go ahead and let them jo- uh, go on up. Well, you guys aren't talking terribly kindly about it, and at level seven, apparently, you gain the ability of telekinesis. So if things start to levitate around the studio, run. Sweet, that's awesome. <laughs> so now, 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 is is he made to um, not use his telekinetic powers in public? Is he is he told to not do that? I think that he's kind of like Superman, where he does use it, but only in disguise, and he has to run into like a Scientology <laughs> museum or whatever they have, and uh, you know, transform, change it clothes, yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's very that's news to me, Eric. Any other thoughts? No, that's it. Thanks so Thanks much. for the call. Appreciate it. 800-259. Be great if they could deliver on that telekinesis thing. 9231. Um, you know, you, you, it makes you wonder, um, w- when you go in uh, you know, um, to the classes, uh, to the pitch, the sales pitch for level seven, mm-hmm. um, well, you invest $50,000 with us and you'll have telekinesis. You know, when they say that... Could you bring a level seven person out here that can do le- telekinesis and right. show us some telekinesis? I mean, it would, you would think that that would be the obvious thing. Um, I was just recently at a uh, landmark uh, education. Uh, you were one of these. You've introductions. been sneaking out, haven't you? What are you talking about? Go ahead. <laughs> um, and this one's called for their wisdom course. Their wisdom course is something entirely separate from landmark education. It's a it's a it's a secondary. It's it's a binary uh, landmark education thing. But the wisdom course just costs a heck of a lot more than mm-hmm. everything else. I think it was this, this was a thirty five hundred dollar course. And um, oh, goodness, my wife's mother purchased Poor it for saps. her. Um, it you know they enjoy it. It's a, it's a good thing. And sure, I've enjoyed. Sure. If I I've was been, taking people's money like that, I'd make sure they enjoyed it too. <laughs> well, it, it better be enjoyable. Right. And I don't think that they're taking anybody's money. They're, they're living voluntarily more voluntarily handing lives. it over. 
Um, Anyway, so they claim that I would get the level of growth similar to the level of growth when I was uh, two or three moving on to being three or four. Mm -hmm. You know, the the sort of childlike growth where you go from the ability to just sort of stagger walk as little uh, toddlers can to uh, running and skipping and that kind of thing. And... uh, you know, they they claim that I'd get that level of growth in my life, my per, my business, my Sweet. personal life, that kind of thing. It sounds good, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And ready. so, you know, the woman asked me, "Would you be interested?" If and I said, "If you can deliver on that promise, I'd absolutely be interested in giving you thirty five hundred dollars to do that." And uh, she's uh, recently called me back, and I haven't had a chance to d- um, discuss it with her because you know she called me and I wasn't there to answer the phone. Mm-hmm. But really, what my statement's going to be is. Well, I'm still waiting for that level of um, growth of my wife, who's now taking the course. And when I see ah. it, then I'll sign up. Great. Let me know how that goes out. Uh, mm-hmm. Goes for you, Mark. I, I'm curious about that. One uh, hundred. Landmark Education's a cult. I mean, we happen to be talking about. Yeah, it. Yeah. So we spent three hours on that one night. Right. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Again, if you want to comment on the Scientology thing. But going back to what you're saying about the uh, the telekinesis point. Now, not only would it be pretty persuasive to a level six to show them the telekinesis thing as, hey, you know, level up here, yeah. we need some cash. Sounds good. I mean, uh, already a level six should have learned something at that point. I mean, they probably can, I don't know, propel themselves down the street by their flatulence <laughs> or something really cool. If, if I'm level actually pretty close tele- on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but here's what I'm... Sounds like you broke the sound barrier a now, couple of times. wouldn't it make sense, I mean, if if this is something they can do, and we all know they can't, but if it was true that they actually had people within their ranks that could move an object with just the power of their mind, and they could do it in a scientifically provable way, you know, not with somebody under the desk with a magnet moving another magnet on top of the desk, that right. sort of thing. Uh, but if you could actually do it for real, wouldn't it just make them the best religion ever if they I don't came know. out in public and had a public demonstration of the level seven? Here's what you can accomplish. Christianity, you got nothing on Scientology. Look what we can do. Here are our level sevens. Watch as they move all these objects with their mind. But that would be, it would be pretty cool, but there, I've seen uh, yogis um, claim to be able to levitate. Uh, I've seen them do their levitation tricks. Those are the people that lead yoga classes. I I don't know exactly what the uh, religion is that's involved there, okay. but it's Hinduish, um, somewhere over there. I I I'm not an expert on those. Okay, things. but really, what the levitation involved was jumping with your legs crossed, being you know being an Indian style position, um, seated position, and using your legs to sort of jump yourself up in the air. Which, mind you, isn't is a difficult physical task. Yeah, but. It's not, the, not, not what I'm thinking of when I think of the yeah. word levitation. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what they mean when they say telekinesis. Well, I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, what, why don't you come out and set up a nice public event to have some news cameras there and prove it to the world? You will have unlimited amounts of people signing up your religion if you could do that. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free numbers 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are for free on our website, so enjoy those on us, including the wiki. Over 1,375 pages created by listeners just like you. Get on the wiki at wiki.freetalklive.com. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones. To the fun. It's Robert in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Robert, hello. Hello. How are you guys doing today? Great. Good. What's on your mind? 
Well, you know, you're talking about Scientology, and um, a couple months back I was searching the, the web, and there was a few uh, YouTube uh, um, uh, things out there where his one, his son was re- reporting in court about what was going on within Scientology and how things worked on his point of view and from his father's point of view. Are you talking and about the son of L. Ron Hubbard? Yes. Okay. And then there was also uh, a re- reports of, I think it was in Florida, I'm not exactly sure of the state, where a couple of deaths occurred from their um, indoctrination process, which Uh-oh. is uh, sleep deprivation and starvation. What? <laughs> I don't know anything about this. This is this is how you start in the uh, the religion? Well, I, I think this is how it used to start. Uh. But definitely, uh, like most, most cults, or, or what they call cults, or actually cults are just, uh, if you look in uh, sociology, cults are just a spinoff of a bigger group. Mm-hmm. But we put it in a more uh, uh, more sin- sinister sense. Uh, yeah, cults today, are really. I mean, the, cults are religions, but they just don't have enough members to be considered a religion, basically. Right, right. Um, but in, in this case, is that um, a lot of them use sleep deprivation, food deprivation, and just uh, and then they also. Uh, take you away from your family members or your support system, which is sort of like what domestic violent partners do to their uh, significant others. Right, and the purpose of uh, the sleep deprivation is to make them more susceptible to their suggestion, to the brainwashing, that sort of thing. Absolutely. So uh, that'd be interesting for your listeners to look and just type in Scientology on YouTube, and I'm sure they'll come up with uh, whatever uh, path that they would like to hide. Interesting. Thank you for the clue, Robert. We appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever you want. On the way, I uh, got an excellent email from one of our vegetarian listeners pretty much tearing us a new one yeah. over uh, how we were handling that issue the other night. I think night. it's you, not me. We'll get... Okay. Uh, we'll get to... He wrote it to both of us, Mark. Yeah, uh, that doesn't make it that right. And that he I would was... specify if it was me, I'm pretty sure. Let's go uh, to he the phone, you. though. And talk to Jared in Tennessee. Jared, you're on Free Talk Live. Jared, Tennessee. Jared going once. Hello, fellas. Hey, what's on your mind? You know, I, I think Scientology is just an extremely aggressive religion. Aggressive? Aggressive. Based on what? Uh, just everything it does. Just uh, in its solicitation for funds and uh, just uh, for membership, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So the other the other religions uh, don't have to be quite as aggressive for funds because they've been around. They've got they've got a exactly. you know, a base of money already. Well, you know, my my grandfather used to be a huge Scientologist. Really? Okay. And uh, you know he you know, he was all into L. Ron Hubbard. You know, cause L. Ron Hubbard was science fiction author and all that stuff. I read a few of his books and they totally sucked. But um, my my grandfather was also a science fiction uh, writer. Okay. And so he was really huge in the L. Ron Hubbard, but uh, even he realized how aggressive they were as far as trying to solicit uh, money from him. So you know. Well, what was it that uh, I mean? Did he just did he pass away before he could leave the religion, or did he leave the religion? No, he's, he's still around. He's he's just not uh, you know he's just not into it anymore. <laughs> so he's not into it, and they didn't send stormtroopers to his house to uh. Um, no. You know. No, I think you know. You know, he was always trying to get his family members and stuff into it, and you know, from the uh, experience of his family members, you know, uh, as far as the Scientologists trying to charge thousands of dollars for their uh, material, right? And it's just uh, you know, they've just finally come to the conclusion that uh, (laughs) 
they were, you know, just kind of a, a scam. It was well, costing a lot of money. Whether it's uh, whether it's Scientology or whether it's another sort of uh, cult-like group, they they love to try to get you to convert your family members and. Well, uh, I mean, they don't have a monopoly on that. I mean, I by mean, no means. Even Christianity does the same thing. Right, but all I was saying is, and I wasn't suggesting they had a monopoly, it's just that these types of groups, they love to do that, and usually what you end up doing if you follow their suggestions is you alienate your family and your friends. Um, Absolutely. It just yeah. makes them angry. Yeah, but, you know, Christianity does the same thing, though. I mean, they've got the faith healers sure. and all that stuff. Well, so does Amway. I mean, Amway does the same thing. They'll tell you that, you know, oh, if your friends aren't interested and your family's not interested, you shouldn't talk to them anymore. You should only yeah. talk to people that are into Amway, or you should only talk to people that are into Scientology, um, that sort of thing. You sort of envelop yourself in uh, in the cult, and you you don't um, you don't associate with those that have a differing belief system than you. That that's sort of some of the mentality that's uh, that's presented in many of these uh, in many of these cults. And uh, thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you, Jared. 800-259-9231. Let's go to Ron in New York. Ron, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Yes. Hey, what's on your mind? Gentlemen. Hello, sir. I called you some weeks back, and I spoke to you guys at that time about a bill which uh, is pending is pending in the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee, H.R. 2640, which was an attempt to expand the names that they could be placed into a database, the NICS database, which is a system you run through before you purchase firearms, and they wanted to expand or elasticize the definition of what an adjudicated mental defective is. You may recall that some weeks ago. Vaguely. Um... Well, that bill was morphed for the third time today in the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee and merged with other bills that weren't even really related to that issue. They do it all the time. Right, and it was done to create camouflage. Sure. And in order to get that bill out of that committee, with little, uh, I guess, obstruction or debate or resistance, and the bill, when it comes out of that committee, even though it has to be voted on in the full Senate, and then it goes to the House, uh, which has a similar bill floating, it is considered something of a watertight fait accompli for the passage of this legislation. Mm. Now, what again, uh, they, can you recap for our listeners what again sure. this was going to do? Oh, this bill is actually, they actually made it worse. They actually ratcheted it up to make it bad to worse. They now want to expand the definition of what adjudicated mental defective means. And under the new definition that will come out of this uh, Senate committee's, Judiciary Committee's uh, uh, legislation, it's so fresh, it happened 3.15 this afternoon, Eastern Time, okay. uh, that if a college or well, the administration of a college feels that you need to have psychological uh, therapy, that will be considered adjudicated mental defective, mm. and you will substantively lose your civil rights. In that, that you qualifies that person, um, that college, uh, you know, whoever the college decides that, that you need mental uh, yeah, counseling, right. what qualifies them? I'm sorry? What know, qualifies that's, that's them? A que- that's a very, very good question, my <laughs> friend. But this is the way the legislation was drawn. That I believe is the crux of one of the uh, one of the concerns I have. I don't believe, at last look, that uh, administrations within colleges, college professors, or the dean of mathematics is uh, properly situated in any legal or, for that matter, any ethical way to determine who is a mental defective. Mm-hmm. Well, one could claim. Decision- 
One could claim that colleges are an arm of the state. They are state-funded. You could also claim that uh, they have resident psychologists and counselors and that sort of thing on on the campus who are capable of making such a determination. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying that's something they could maybe this might be how they're thinking about it. I'll respond to that in this way. One could claim that in just about any other aspect of life. However, you have to be vested with excuse me. You have to be vested with judicial authority. That's the way it has been for the most part for the last two centuries. But they're changing that. um, In order to make the determination where the person loses their civil rights. Right, Uh, and so you're saying they're changing that. So any you know somebody, some administrator at a college can make these decisions. And the whole purpose of this bill is to capitalize off of the, as as far as for government power is concerned, uh, they're capitalizing off of the Virginia Tech shooting, correct? That's correct totally capitalizing on the Virginia Tech shooting. And making it so that if they deem you this sort of mental defect that uh, you can no longer go and purchase firearms for yourself. That's and, correct. Without and, any due process hearing, appearance sure. before a proper judge in a court of law. Yep, that sounds about right and uh, totally believable. And thank you for keeping us updated on that. Um, you know, look out for this. Look out for more gun regulations as well. I'm sure they're coming down the pipe. Uh, 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Coming up in the United Kingdom, they're taking another big step toward a total police state. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site, totally free. So enjoy those on us. We do ask you to voluntarily support the show by going and shopping at our store. Head over to store.freetalklive.com. Great quality merchandise. And we are um, offering it up to you at uh, what I consider pretty reasonable prices, considering the uh, the high quality of the uh, the products. We finally removed the awful multi-gadget from the Free Talk Live store. So you I were can, so proud of it originally. I though. can once again... Well, we hadn't actually t- tested I know, it I know. yet, and it's we discovered that we got ripped off, and uh, we're hopefully, luckily, I think we're going to just barely break even on the, multi- the multi-gadgets. Uh, which is good because we're you know the store is relatively new and so losing thousands of dollars would not have been a very good thing. Anyway, uh, there's going to be a special little I guess feature coming out hopefully soon. I don't know if if I should even be announcing this. Johnson gets mad at me when I announce certain things about the store that I haven't been approved to announce. But we're going to have a video um, if all goes as planned of one of the multi gadgets being smashed to bits. Oh God! And we're going to post that on the website. So just to prove that how serious we are about high quality merchandise, you know, this is what we do with merchandise that we discover we got scammed on. We're going to smash it to pieces with a sledgehammer, or Johnson is, and we're going to post it online. So uh, take a look at all of our excellent quality merchandise that we're very, very proud to offer to you at store.freetalklive.com and place your order. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. All right, still to come, uh, we got to talk vegetarianism, but that's a little extended, so I want to hold that off for hour number two. Uh, in the meantime, let's discuss the newest development in the United States in regards to the ban on smoking that inevitably seems like it's going to come down the pipe. I mean, that's where this is all going, right? All of these, I mean, I'm talking about a total ban on cigarettes. Yep. We're, we're getting close. 
Um, day by day, every state is coming down, you know, with new regulations, more restrictions. You can't smoke in uh, public places. You can't smoke in your own apartment buildings now in some places. I mean, it's just getting more and more oppressive. I feel so, so bad for cigarette smokers. I mean, they really are. They really are like, um, Pariahs. The, the new, yeah, persecuted class in America. And Lippers. I thought I had taken note here. There was an article, and this is a different story, <laughs> but this is this is just as good. Um, there's actually somebody who's proposing banning clove cigarettes. That's an alternate story. I'll see if I can dig that one up here. But here's another one for you. Washington, according to the AP, a Senate committee Wednesday embraced legislation that would, for the first time, allow for federal regulation of cigarettes. I thought they were already federally regulated. I thought they were state um you know they they each have uh, state stamps on them. So Right. But the I thought that that warning was a federal thing. That mm-hmm. Surgeon General's yeah, warning. That's be. a federal thing. So I guess that's I guess slapping a warning on the product is different from regulating it. Apparently the FDA is going to get involved now. Well, the bills approved 13 to 8 by the Health Education Labor and Pensions Committee would give the Food and Drug Administration, authority to restrict tobacco advertising, as though it isn't restricted enough right, already. Right, isn't it thoroughly restricted enough? They can't advertise on uh, television. Can you even do billboards anymore? anymore? I don't think you can. Regulate. Uh, it'll also regulate warning labels and Which, remo- by the way, that it just goes to show, what's the most motivating form of, form of advertising, if the only form of advertising that uh, cigarettes were banned from doing at one is point? Radio. Is radio and television. Television, yeah. Hmm. hmm. Regulate warning labels, they say, and the FDA will also allegedly remove hazardous ingredients. Oh, well, thank goodness. Now the FDA is going to make cigarettes safe, according to the federal government. The agency also be given the authority to set standards for products that tobacco companies advertise as reduced-risk products. Matt Myers, president for the Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids, says this is an enormous step forward. This could end up being the signature public health action this Congress takes. The bill has broad bipartisan support, where more than 50 senators have signed on as co-sponsors. Senator Edward Kennedy said the bipartisan legislation will save millions of lives and save others from a lifetime of addiction and certain death. The tobacco legislation was crafted through several years of negotiations led by Kennedy and... Isn't this amazing, Mark? Uh, Just... These bureaucrats are going to be able to save lives with their new regulations. This is what we've been waiting for. Thank God. Senator Mike DeWine from Ohio with input Save from lives and annoy the crap out of us in the process. Health groups and tobacco giant Philip Morris, which broke from its competitors to endorse the FDA regulation. Philip Morris is behind this market. Must be a good idea. The bill would allow the FDA to reduce the amount of nicotine in cigarettes, but only Congress could permanently ban them. Hmm. So the FDA can't make the decision to ban cigarettes. But Congress can. Just make them so that you don't want to smoke them anymore. The committee adopted an amendment by uh, one senator that would ban... Oh, here it is. That would ban clove cigarettes in the United States, reversing a controversial decision by Kennedy to allow the FDA to decide. Kennedy, the panel's chairman, said he was responding to several senators who contacted him with concerns that a ban on cloves would not be compliant with the World Trade Organization rules. So their concern was not that... Well, there are people who want the freedom to smoke cloves in this country. Their concern was, well, the WTO, their rules may not allow us to ban these clove cigarettes. But they got over it. Kennedy then agreed to the ban after senator, uh, several senators objected. Most cloves are marketed in Asia. Philip Morris And Philip Morris International recently launched a Marlboro cigarette flavored with cloves in Indonesia. 
Kennedy said the meeting that Philip Morris had nothing to do with our decision and supported the clove ban as long as it's WTO compliant. Philip Morris's competitors are strongly opposed to the overall bill, saying it would lock in Philip Morris's dominant market share. The panel rejected several amendments. After the hearing, Burr said he wouldn't rule out trying to hold up the bill on the Senate floor, blah, blah, blah. You know, it goes on. But I found this really interesting because not only is the federal government now in going to be in control of regulating cigarettes, which is awful news. The more they are in control of, the worse off our freedoms are. But in addition, they're already sort of signaling their intentions, aren't they? They're going to ban clove cigarettes in America, Mark. Yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty clear. They're going to get rid of cigarettes entirely. They're no. bad for you. We, you know, we all have to pay for health care in the form of insurance or um, Medicare and Medicaid and all that other crap. So if you smoke, it affects my wallet. Cigarette smokers aren't exactly a big oppositional, uh, a very large oppositional force. No, there's, it, they're only about 20% of the population, and they're, they're a very cowed percentage. Right. They usually feel bad about their uh, addiction. They uh, try to... Uh, they've been shunned. They've been embarrassed. Right. They, 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 they try to you know, not uh, blow their smoke in people's faces or anything like that. And in the process, it's only emboldened the opposition, which, uh, you know, is going to make you healthy whether you like it or not. And after they take away your cigarettes, they're going to take away your cheeseburgers, your Snickers bars, uh, your ice cream, whatever it is you like, the fun police will be out after you. So here's what they're doing. They, they already know that the cigarette smokers aren't really effective opposition. Now, they're 20% of America, which means that if they did organize, they could really be something, I mean, serious. Mm-hmm. They could really be a serious lobbying group, serious, uh, seriously opposed to these smoking bans. But in state after state, where more and more draconian smoking legislation, anti-smoking legislation has, has just sailed through, it's becoming very obvious that the cigarette smokers are not willing to stand up for their freedoms. Right. Now, they have activists like the Free State Project members that are willing to stand up, non-smoking activists that are willing to stand up for the freedom of smokers, but it's just not going to be enough, especially at the federal level. And so here's what they're doing. They're testing the waters with this clove cigarette ban. They're going to ban clove cigarettes because they know that there are even less people in America that smoke cloves, so it's not going to – I mean, there's zero, almost zero chance there's going to be opposition on this one. I would think so. And so they're going, to, they're going to run this clove cigarette ban right on through. There's going to be no opposition, and they're going to say – they're going to pat themselves on the back for helping Americans get and, healthier. And cloves don't even have the uh, – they don't have the research behind them to say that they cause any kind of lung cancer. I mean, you know, do that, does it irritate your um, lung tissue? Obviously, mm-hmm. inhaling smoke is um, bad for lung tissue, it, smoke of any sort. But um, it, you know, it's, it doesn't have the, the same sort of carcinogens that uh, cigarette smoke does. So they're going to ban clove cigarettes. They're going to get away with banning clove cigarettes. Yeah, for whatever reason they decide to ban clove cigarettes, it's not going to be based on science or anything like that. They're just going to do it. And then they're going to start tinkering around with the chemicals and the uh, the ingredients of existing cigarettes. Right. And who knows what that's going to mean. Maybe they're going to cut the nicotine levels down, which, of course, means that you're going to pay $3 a pack or $7 a pack in New York City. You're going to pay $3 a pack for a pack of cigarettes that's only going to have half the nicotine, right. meaning you're going to have to buy two packs in order to get as much nicotine um, as you had previously been getting. Just ask... Um People that have to smoke light cigarettes, you know, for whatever reason, they've had to, every smoker's experienced this, that they've had to buy some brand that isn't their brand. If they have to um, buy Marlboro Lights instead of Marlboros, they just smoke more. 
So this is going to be the very beginning of the end as far as cigarettes are concerned in this country because it's now going to be controlled at a federal level and the regulations are just going to tighten and tighten and tighten until they finally go all the way and ban them completely. That's scary stuff. 800-259-9231, but it is good news for the mafia who stands to make billions. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two of the program. You can bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so do enjoy those on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com. Let's roll into your email box, Mark. Um, Actually, we'll do that in a moment. Uh, Somebody's been holding patiently. Let's go to the phones first. Stephen. In or rather, Stefan, I think, in Oklahoma, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, what's going on, guys? You hey. got it right this time. Very good, <laughs> Stefan. What's on your mind? <laughs> hey, man, I just want to let you know I got got a couple things here. Uh, if you go to Xenu.net, X-E-N-U.net, it's a pretty good site. You know, talking about uh, all the crazy stuff the Scientology Church does, and mm-hmm. so it's pretty cool. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about was uh, these bills. You know that the, the Congress put through, and they they put all these little disparate pieces all together and then pass them as one big bill. How the heck is that possible? Yeah, I don't understand that because, you know, like in programming, when, when you're writing a library or, or you're writing some collection of functions, each little function should do one thing and should do it well. And I don't understand why don't they make bills like that. Well, because they don't have to. Um, <laughs> you know, there's no there's no law prohibiting them to put, a, put together a, a regulation on barbecue sauce um, inside of uh, FAA regulations or whatever right. it is that they want to do. Um, it's a great way for them to slip stuff in, too. Like, you, you know, you get a, a, a bill that's called the Helping Children of 2007 Act, and you can put in all kinds of things into a bill like that because these guys never actually read the bills that they're, they're signing. They'll read the title, and they'll say, oh, Helping Children. I don't want to be yeah. seen as being against the children, so I'll sign on to this. And, of course, in that Helping Children Act, there's funds for Iraq, there's, you know, cigarette smoking bans. Building, building roads to nowhere right. in uh, the middle of, uh, you know, some desolate area. You know, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. It's not in their best interest to keep it simple. Um, that, yeah, you know, I, unlike in your business or in any other business where simplification is an important thing, um, it's, yeah, it's important for them to obscure. Crap, hmm? Yeah. It is absolutely a total crock. If you want to do something about it, you can go to uh, downsizedc.org, sign up for their Downsizer Dispatch. Um, this allows you to, whenever they, they send out a dispatch a couple few times a week, and it allows you to uh, send a letter to your Congress critter about yeah. different kinds of bills, and especially, um, especially the, re- the, the, the Read the Bills Act. Which will uh, mandate that all Congress critters actually have to attend a public reading of the bills that uh, that they're possibly going to sign, or they'll have to sign some sort of an affidavit that uh, states that they have indeed read uh, read the bill. I think there is like an option like uh, that. Yeah. But basically, um, I mean, it's impossible for them to have, to have read hundreds of pages of of yeah, legislation. I don't believe that for one second. You know, at, at risk of sounding like a hypocrite, you know, I think it'd be awesome if they put in into that, you know, uh, that read it bill or whatever you're saying. Read the bills act. It's called. 
Yeah, I, I think it'd be cool if they put in that they couldn't just mix bills up. I mean, they had There's another one. DC.org has the One Subject at a Time Act as well that they're working on yeah. that will also mandate that only one issue may be addressed per bill. And that's pretty much yeah, what they yeah. do. They do the uh, Read the Bills Act, the, um, the One Subject at, the, at a Time Act, and then they... They get involved in some other liberty-oriented, uh, you know, bills out there. They they let people know, let you know when Congress is trying to slide through some anti-freedom legislation. Allow you to contact your Congress critter yeah, about that. that yeah. That's cool, man. Because I, I mean, it's proven. I mean, I know it works. You know what I mean? You, you you write one function or method, whatever, and it does one thing, does it well. It works perfectly. Sure, it would make it a lot easier for people like us or Downsize DC or you to pay attention to what they're doing yeah, and have a yeah. better idea of what exactly is going on in Washington, which, of course, is exactly what they don't right. want. They don't absolutely don't want accountability. Which is why us. they're against the Read the Bills Act, which is why he's having trouble finding, uh, Jim Babka at DownsizeDC.org is having trouble finding somebody to even sponsor the Read the Bills Act to introduce it. It's really sad. The parallels here are amazing, though, because, you know, Again, in programming, if, if, if you write a function that does, like, three or four different things, and you, you'll get unexpected results in every time, you know. And and, uh, and, and I think most of these guys, I, I think they mean well when they put these bills in, but, again, there's those unexpected results, you know, by mixing all this crap in there. That's true, and they don't really they understand that. And thank you for the call, Stefan. Appreciate hearing from you. Um, I think he's right. I think a lot of the people in Washington, D.C., they think they're doing what's right. Well, I think they mean well sometimes, and in the in the case of like outlawing cigarettes, other times I think that they're just being greedy. In the case of, uh, you know, getting special pork barrel, barrel projects for their district and that kind of thing. Right. Um, but I I rarely, you know, I mean, obviously none of them are. Um, these criminal masterminds with a uh, Fu Manchu mustache. <laughs> I'm gonna take over the world. I mean, there's there's no Garrick, there's no guy like that. I don't know. I think there are some criminals in. in I think they're criminals, well. but um, I don't think the even criminals believe that they're they're just being you know just looking out for themselves. It's true. Uh, so you know they they may think they're doing the right thing, and just the simple fact is they're wrong. Um, it's never right to use force on innocent pe- to in- to initiate force on innocent people, which is what government does. And hopefully we can help more people um, become cognizant of that and understand that and reject it. Let's go to the email box, Mark. Vegetarianism. We discussed it a few nights ago on the program, and one of our vegetarian listeners has a few words for us. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's got a bone to pick. Pat, um, Patrick writes, "Do be- vegetarians have bones to pick? I mean, they don't really." That's eat. funny. <laughs> to start to start off, I have a deep dislike of PETA and other animal rights organizations. They're mostly pious, hypocritical, preachy people who just want uh, things. You can say a holes. You just don't don't okay. say the whole word. That's all. Who just want to be ang- um, who want things to be angry about. I don't think there should be any laws involving animal cruelty. I don't want any government. My only um, niggle with being a uh, complete free marketeer is that land is a natural monopoly. So I have some leanings towards geo-libertarianism, which I don't know what that is, although I have yet to have any either side of the land monopoly debate convince me that they're right. I don't buy into any environmental hysteria BS. I'm not a vegetarian because I think fluffy bunnies deserve the same treatment as humans. Thank goodness. And before he goes on here, he's already set himself apart from sort of the stereotypical vegetarian. And I think when At we least were t- the noisy vegetarian. Right. And I think when we were, well, that's how the stereotypes are created, by the ones that we see, the things that they do. And I, I think when we were discussing vegetarianism, 
those were the types of people we were addressing. Right. And not the independent ones, not the think-for-yourself uh, type vegetarians, I mentioned, not the group. Uh, uh, the, I mentioned a, a couple of vegetarians that I know, and none of them, and I believe I said that none of them were of this of that preachy sort, um, and including my, my friend's wife, uh, who, you know, she's a vegetarian because of just health reasons. That's good. You know, it's sort of I sort of liken this. This sort of his difference between the stereotypical vegetarians and and what he believes, I, I liken it to the Christians, right? The, you've got these loudmouth Christians out there that are sort of ruining it for their entire religion. Right. God by, brought hurricanes on us because of the gay people. Or, or God whatever. wants to, wants you to sign up for the military and go and kill uh, innocent Muslims around the world. Or whatever. whatever. Uh, you know, you've got these hate hate-spewing so-called Christians, or as you like to call them, Pharisees, mm-hmm. that are out there claiming to be the representatives of the Christian religion. And we know better. We know that there are Christians out there that really do um, not want to initiate force on others. They really understand the, the principles and the concepts of liberty. And they're valuable partners in the uh, in the fight for freedom. Um, it's just that the, the ones that are out there on television are making them all look bad. They're all labeling they're all labeled as Christians and so therefore people tend to think that they're all interchangeable when in fact they're they're individuals. And if we fell victim to that, um, then I apologize for that. Obviously there are independent vegetarians out well, there. Well since you apologize we don't need to go any further. No, no, he really tears us up. We should do this. I agree that animals exist in a state of nature and can't make or understand the complicated moral choices humans can. Having a human go to jail for causing harm to an animal is just stupid, as going um, around arresting cats for killing birds and spiders for killing flies. <laughs> Cat I have, prison. I have not seen any evidence that any animal can make any distinction between moral, uh, a moral and immoral act. All they are able to do is act on instinct. No doubt about it. Um, you know, you can definitely train an animal to sure. not do certain things with negative and positive reinforcement. Uh, but you know, and we I- just got this new cat. Ravage from the Humane Society. He's a sweet, sweet kitty. He's nice. Except when he wants to tear out your juggle, uh, jugular. Yeah. And, you know, there's no way to really predict when he's going to go into one of those crazy, I want to, you know, taste your blood style moods. Um, he, he looks totally normal. He doesn't bite that hard. And, and you approach him and he'll attack you. Uh, no, he's not biting hard. He's playing. Right. He's, there's that, you know, there's that instinct that's sure. at work. If you were small enough, he'd eat you. He would have no qualms about it. <laughs> right. uh, we'll come back with more. There's uh, quite a bit more to this man's email here uh, from deal. Patrick, 800-259-9231. Vegetarians, they do think differently, apparently. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away, so enjoy those on us. And the features include archives, an entire year's worth of the show, front page of the website. For your download and convenience, for free, freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like setting up a corporation or limited liability company. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL like Free Talk Live. That's code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. We're talking about vegetarians, and we were discussing the issue a few nights ago, and Patrick has emailed in with a, uh, a somewhat lengthy email sort of taking us to task on how ignorant, apparently, we are about the fact that not all vegetarians are out to control your life. 
And that's the impression that I usually get from these sort of crusading vegetarians out there. You get the impression that they would very, very, very much like to regulate your behavior. They would like you to not, for instance, um, and again, it's there are different levels of uh, of extreme here, but some of them wouldn't. They don't want you to even own pets. You know, some do. Uh, right. Those those are the uh, PETA types. Yeah. So this guy is uh, pretty much con- counterindicating, uh, contraindicating everything that uh, that those guys. Right. Are, I can't. I for. certainly cannot understand why. I, I just don't get why some you know animal rights activists would not want you to own a pet. I just don't understand. Because they uh, they they are not ownable. They should not be property, and they belong to the wild. Um, I can get the idea that somebody can't own me, so therefore I can't own another living being. I can I can kind of understand mm-hmm. that, but my pet pretty much likes where he lives. He's a, a prisoner, but and you've just given him a nice, comfortable prison to live in. That's all. When I let him out, he would much rather be the free. other day. He got bit really bad. Well, he would much rather be free, Mark. And you dead. don't know what he wants. He wants to be free. He wants to be free to chase birds and to chase butterflies. I know what he likes to eat. You're restricting his liberty. I, I, know, what he, I know he likes to, to hunt and kill things, but he doesn't eat, it, eat them. He eats dry, crunchy cat food. That's what he likes well, to Well, if you let him out and kept him, uh, you know, didn't, weren't keeping him in your prison, then he might get, uh, get a taste for the things he's supposed to eat naturally. Well, he'd begin to starve and then eat anything that came exactly along. Exactly right. That's not get a taste for. That's, that's begin to starve. <laughs> I'm just trying here. I'm, I know. You're doing not too bad. Being an objectivist, uh, the, Patrick goes on, excuse me. Uh, being an objectivist, I try to base my ideas on reason and logic rather than some arbitrary social edict or an emotional gut response. The general opinion of society seems to say that causing certain animal suffering is immoral, at least judging by the numerous animal cruelty laws. If I put puppies in microwaves all day, I'm a sicko. You seem to accuse all vegetarians of just being some crazy, crazy anthropomorphizing idiots who base their ideas on irrelevant emotions. I want people to be free and to break as many of their own dogs' backs as possible. Um, it's kind of sick. To, to be free to break as many um, of their own dogs. He's just pointing out yes. he's not like the rest of the crowd. Right. And I, I, I would be sickened if I saw somebody um, you know, breaking a dog's back or whatever. And mm-hmm. i got to tell you, i got a soft spot for animal cruelty laws. I do. Yeah. Um, if you want to tie fireworks to your cat's cap for entertainment, go ahead. I probably would not want to spend any time around you, but I'd defend your right to do so. I'm not sure if you have to, uh, if you just have bile over idiot animal rights terrorists or you just can't make a distinction between vegetarian, um, different vegetarian viewpoints, but I have a far less emotionally based viewpoint than most omnivores, seeing as most people, um, seem to support the idea that you should be punished in some way if you torture a dog. I am no different than most people, except that I have slightly different boundaries um, to most people. If you had um, had to beat every animal to death, um, if you had to beat every animal to death that you wanted to eat with your bare hands, you'd probably be more likely just to have pasta that night. Sure, I don't want to have to work to eat. Right. If you could choose, I live in a wealthy society where I can walk to the store, pick something off of a sh- uh, pick something up off of a shelf, and take it home. That's what I like. If you could choose between an equally priced steak that was made from a cow that didn't suffer um, in the process of being killed, or one that um, got slowly put to death in a meat grinder from butt to head, I'm guessing <laughs> that you would choose the former. Yeah. I'm not one of those Fair idiots guess. who would uh, seem who seem to think all veget- you seem to think all vegetarians are. I don't think you're the devil just because you enjoy a burger or a hot dog um, with an evening meal. Really, I don't enjoy meat that much um, that much that I get enough pleasure to counterbalance what I deem to be negative sides of the ne- negative sides of eating meat. 
but I don't have any qualms about using ant killer on an ant infestation in my house. It, uh, that would ma- really make me mad. I deem them sufficiently basic life forms and uh, sufficiently basic life forms that I'd rather have an ant-free kitchen um, than not cause whatever semblance of pains ants feel. I'm not a vegetarian because I love animals around. Idiots often say to me, we only have cows around because we farm them. Look, I don't care how many animals are around. I don't feel better that there are only that there are more animals or um, humans around. It's all about suffering, not animal loving. Got it. I get people all the time taunting me with meat saying stupid things like, oh, I bet you just wish you could eat this. That's I, rude. Yeah, that's dumb, too. Um, the reason that he doesn't eat it is because he chooses not to eat it. If he wished he could eat it, he would. Right. I, I would never taunt uh, a vegetarian. I mean, I, I respect their beliefs. I think it's I think it's a little bit screwy because, as uh, Johnson had pointed out, it seems as though they're coming down with uh, this disease that I think he mentions later on uh, in the article. I mean, if it turns out that being a vegetarian is indeed hazardous to your health... I don't know if it's the best decision for you. That's all. I mean, I understand if that's the way you want to go with your life. That's your business. He mentions Graves' disease in here. Okay. Um, I don't think that they're uh, mean people because they eat meat, because I really don't care if they do. But if for some reason they feel compelled to try to antagonize me because I'm a vegetarian, I must cry every time I see someone throw a half-eaten burger out of their car window. <laughs> I've, really been, I've uh, been really surprised by some of the arguments you guys have come up with. And he quotes you. You libertarians are, well, he says, you libertarians are nut, nuts. It's one thing to personally adapt this, uh, adopt this ideology. It's another thing to go and set out tables in public and advocate libertarianism. Set up tables with a postcard size quizzes and try to basically uh, persuade people into becoming libertarians as though you're actually going to get through to any significant percentage of the population. Because most people are very, very happy with their status as non-libertarians as though you're really actually going to make a difference in stopping people from... It's not really going to happen. Replace libertarian with vegetarian, and you have basically have the exact transcript from Tuesday's um, show. Well, that's not exactly the same thing, uh, because the vegetarian tables I'm talking about are usually run by people, you know, displaying horrific photos. I mean, they're sort of similar to the anti-abortion crowd. They display horrific, grisly photos of animals being slaughtered and that sort of thing, and they really, you know, play on people's emotions. And and I think that there's a difference between um, doing outreach for vegetarianism uh, and doing outreach for liberty in that most people live their life as though they are libertarians. And the people that, that score on the world's smallest political quiz frequently score as libertarians. The purpose of the, the libertarian outreach is to show people they already are libertarians, not to try to convince them to become libertarians. So there's a, I think there's a key difference there. Well, it, it, But I see his point. I see a lot of parallels in, in you know, the same the, pa- the only parallel is that both groups do outreach. Um, one of them is doing outreach to help people identify their libertarianness. Well, liber- the libertarianism is are trying moral. to convince them of vegetarianism. Libertarianism is moral, and it's a um, it is convincing people to be more moral in this sense of non-aggression. Um, vegetarianism, as far as vegetarians are concerned, is moral, and they're simply trying to convince more people to be moral in their actions by not eating meat. Again, the libertarian outreach is not a persuasive uh, sort of a situation. It is a uh, an outreach project to identify already existing and libertarian-leaning individuals. There is a difference there. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. 
Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features on the site we give away, and those features include the shrine of female listeners, the dozens and dozens of ladies uh, from all around the world who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. See what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. We're talking about vegetarianism and vegetarians, and there apparently are some some pretty uh, big differences within the vegetarian ranks. But if all you hear is the major media's reports on vegetarians and, you know, you see these loudmouth vegetarian activists out there, you get a very specific impression that these are people that would like to control your life. Yeah, they may not necessarily want to tell you what to eat, but some of them would like to tell you that you can't, you shouldn't be able to own pets. Uh, some of them uh, would probably like to control what you eat, and you just sort of get this authoritarian vibe. At least I do. And we've got an email here from a gentleman who is a listener of the program, Patrick, who is a vegetarian and who is completely not an authoritarian type of vegetarian, and he's he's correcting us, uh, or me, or maybe you too, Mark, about some of our um, misconceptions in regards to not all vegetarians are the same, and uh, hopefully there are a lot more of them like Patrick out there than we, than we might realize. And let's continue with his email. Patrick goes on, <clears throat> now usually I'd avoid mentioning the fact that these arguments that uh, apparently that we made on uh, Tuesday night's show are basically a combination of ad hominem and ad populum attacks with no real logical um, sustenance? sustenance. I'm Um, not sure how I ad hominemed anybody, but I see his claim on the ad populum uh, attack, which is an appeal to... um, These crazy vegetarians would be some kind of statement like that. But I think that that's more identifying which sort of vegetarians we're talking about. Yeah, I'm talking about the crazy ones. Obviously, Patrick is not a crazy one. I may or may not agree with his uh, his choice of what he wants to eat in his life, but that's up to him to decide. It's his body. He can put what he wants in it. Um, but as far as the ad populum attack, that, uh, he, that, of course, is an appeal to population to suggest that something is right because it's popular. Because most people do it. And I don't think I was suggesting that when I was oh, talking yeah. about... I absolutely was suggesting that... Uh, you were suggesting that? Th- well, yeah, most uh, th- th- um, at least it's expedient because it's popular. You're not going to um, push vegetarianism off on the major public because it's anti human nature. That's my statement. Okay. Yeah, that's not saying it's right. The, see, the, the, um, the appeal to, popula- um, to population, or to popularity, rather, mm-hmm. is to suggest that something is correct because, because, it's, because it's popular. Gotcha. That's not what we were saying. Okay. So go ahead. Your comment about Graves' disease and how vegetarians don't look healthy seems to be based on some sort of idea that all vegetarians are this weird group who need to be ridiculed. I get the same crap from most people I talk to. Look, meat isn't that important to me. It's an okay source of protein, it tastes real good, and it's pretty fatty. There's a fair bit of research to say vegetarians are healthier. I don't think And it, you know, you could trade research all day long. Really? Um I wasn't saying that uh you know, Johnson mentioning to me that there are studies that show that this Graves disease is a problem with vegetarian and uh I didn't mean to suggest that that means that it's uh, you know, 
the absolute truth. It's just right. more. It's just research, and I'm sure vegetarians have their research that backs up what they say, and the meat crowd has research that backs up what they say. All I was suggesting is that it may be unhealthy. That's all. Um, you know, and and the best thing to handle to do there is to you know do real real live research um, that pits meat eaters against uh, vegetarians against uh, vegans and find out who comes out better. And I don't think I suggested um, that vegetarians were unhealthy because I said I've met quite a few uh, pudgy vegetarians. Not that that necessarily makes you um, healthy, but they're clearly not starving to death. My problem is with vegans who do simply do not get enough uh, complex uh, um, the complete proteins. Right, because a vegetarian can eat cheese, and you know, vegetarians eggs. can eat things that can fatten them up. Right, that's an important point. Either causing the suffering of animals, um, either causing the suffering of animals is a positive act, a negative act, or a neutral act. Now, unless you're trying to argue that killing animals for meat is so good that people should be mocked for not doing so, if you think it's a totally neutral act or even a slightly negative, why do you have to ridicule me in the process of talking about idiots who think corn feels pain? It's really not that big of a sacrifice. How do you know corn doesn't feel pain? Um, <laughs> I think that corn does uh, feel something like that. Right. I think there's evidence that that's you know I, I've seen I've saw I saw what that's looked all like we a, were talking a, about a was just, right it was just the evidence that we no seen. we were talking about fruitarians at one point and those would be the idiots that think that corn feels pain. Oh okay okay it's really not that big of a sacrifice <laughs> for me I used to eat meat maybe once twice a week now I don't I don't um I don't think that I'm any better person than you are but what seems strange is that you seem to think that there's something wrong with my choice I do not. Um, to that point, you think it's something to be ridiculed, which I think there's turn, something wrong with choosing to drink soda pop all day, and you drink soda pop, Mark. I don't, I don't necessarily ridicule ridicule you for it. But you certainly, um, say, uh, you certainly stand piously above me when uh, when it comes to uh, my soda. But I don't think it's the healthiest choice for you, and I think you'd agree it's not a healthy choice. I don't think soda's a healthy of a choice, especially uh, you know that you'd sort of trade off. Sugar's not good for you, and the I'm not sure that the uh, not the sugar substitute in it's good for you either. So. I try to keep myself down on soda. Okay. Okay, which, uh, to the point, you, um, you seem to think it's something to be ridiculed, which in turn seems to imply that you think you're smarter, more balanced, more sane because of your choice. If I'm wrong, let me know. But it does come across like this. Just to be clear again, I don't have any beef with you for wanting to talk about vegetarianism or that you eat meat. And if you have quality reasons to ridicule someone, I don't think that's a problem to. But just go on um, a nebulous, to just go on a nebulous stereotype to ridicule just an idea when you really what you what you really want to talk about is a few fastidious nuts. I don't know how vegans manage to uh, do what they do, and if they start calling me a jerk for um, for drinking milk, then I'll probably call them hypocritical um, jerk for all the animal pro- products that they probably intentionally use or receive the benefit from. Look. I know there are lots of idiots out there who are vegetarians, but there are lots of idiots who support the Second Amendment. Does that give you a right to argue, to, um, a, a right to argue, uh, urge deride proponents of gun gun freedom? Yes, PETA's BS is hard to stomach without getting a bit pissed off. But I don't. Uh, but don't tar and feather me with the same sentimental anti-freedom, human-hating hippie brush. Would you treat me like a paper recycling environmentalist moron just because? I'd say I'd prefer if no oil tankers um, split open on a beach this year. I'm sh- no, but again, we weren't talking about you. We were talking about the crazies, Yeah, which it seems like most of them are, but that's just because of the uh, impression I get through the media, that's all. Well, it's it's pretty clear that he, you know, he felt 
scalded by uh, what we were saying, and, you know, apparently we need to be a little more careful. Let's go to the phones to the fun. John in Ohio, listening on WAIS. Hello, John. Hello. Uh, you know, in the last three years, I have lost two girlfriends. Uh, the first one was a libertarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, she and I, we, we are still friends. Uh, we overlook our differences. Okay. The second one, we don't speak at all. She was a vegetarian, and I ate her cat. <laughs> no, you didn't, John. And we, we, you know, uh, she is non-forgiving at all. How was it? How, did, how did you have the cat? Stir-fried? Uh, no, no, cat cordon bleu. <laughs> uh, bring a <laughs> one-gallon uh, pot of water to a fast boil. <laughs> John, cover we don't need any cat recipes. Cover quickly. Where did you learn how to cook a cat? Uh, well, it's in uh, the Cat Cordon Blue School of Etiquette. That's great, John. Thank you for the call. Really <laughs> appreciate hearing from you. You know, that right there, even though, John, you know, he's not the, the, the sharpest caller necessarily, <laughs> that was better than any of the, the, uh, the crankers that have called in the Absolutely. last... Absolutely. Uh, ...in the last month or two on this program. Your mom. <laughs> yeah. That was great, John. Thank you for that. Really appreciate it. Uh, continue, Mark. There's a okay. little bit more. Now, I'm sure this is coming across as some preachy vegetarian sermon. Look, I don't want you to be a vegetarian if that's not what you want. But I have to. Um, I, I have what I think are some good reasons not to eat meat. What's so funny about that? I don't think any sort of deal about anyone who eats. Um, I don't think any sort of deal about anyone who eats meat. And if someone tries to pass legislation banning certain animal-based industries, I'll stand shoulder to shoulder with you against it. Great, that's what I want. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Just don't work against freedom, and you can shove whatever you want down your throat. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is your show. You can take control. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. And it is Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. The place to go, the features there for free. You like to show, you want to help support us, then become a Free Talk Live amplifier like hundreds of our listeners have done, which you can do over at amp.freetalklive.com. You'll learn more. You'll learn what AMP stands for. It's uh, AMP, which means Advertise, Market, and Promote. Very simple concept. You send in 3 bucks a month. We turn it around into promoting Free Talk Live, to getting the show on more radio stations across the country and thereby spreading the message of freedom and liberty. So get the details, learn about the perks you'll get to amp.freetalklive.com. We've been spending quite a bit of time on uh, an email about vegetarians from one of our vegetarian listeners. And I think that, Mark, if we discuss vegetarianism in the future, we're going to have to start including caveats, uh, sort of how we, when we're discussing Christianity and its representatives we're going to, we usually include a caveat, right? When we mm-hmm. talk about Christianity, we always include the caveat of, now we understand that there are Christians out there that don't, you know, they're, they're not lined up with the, uh, you know, the ultra-right-wing crowd and that they actually believe in liberty and they don't want to enforce their, morals, their moral systems. We're going to have to, I think, also start uh, caveating any, any discussions of vegetarians Apparently. with something, something similar. Uh, can you finish up maybe the next paragraph or so of his uh, his email? I don't want um, you to not argue against vegetarianism, I'm, but bring some ideas to the table, and we'll have fun debating it. I have tried not to mention any reasons for why I don't eat meat, because I'm not trying to convince anyone. I just want people to be civil and show a little bit of respect for people who have different viewpoints. 
for this same reason, I'd be pissed if I saw a vegetarian bitching about, um, to people at a restaurant um, not to eat meat. Why can't we just talk um, through and without getting petty? Your side is X and my side is Y. I'm not a bad person. I try to see and speak the truth as objectively as I can. I just think killing animals isn't nice, and I'd rather not pay people to do it. Hey, if you can convince me that buying meat is a morally uh, neutral action, please do it. I'd love to feel good about eating meat, but try not to insult freedom-loving vegetarians like me when you um what you what you really are talking about are some quirky nut jobs and whiny laboratory uh, bombing jerks. I'm not an idiot and I'm not crazy. I think he's made that pretty clear. Yep. And uh Patrick, thank you for the email. Certainly appreciate it. Is meat the I guess the question is is purchasing meat a morally neutral action? I you know, I I don't know enough about the vegetarians arguments about it. I do see well, the argument you're killing animals. I do see the argument that an animal's a living being. If it could speak English to you, it would not want you to kill it. Um, you know, the, the, that's a it's a motivating argument. That I, also presumes it understands what death is. I suppose they understand pain once they're experiencing it. Right, pain is uh, your your little nature's little clue that uh, something's very very wrong in your world. Right. So, um, and they know that they don't want death, whatever it is. Do they know what death is, though? I don't think they, they know not. what that is. So what? So they they do know they probably don't want pain. If you start applying a knife or uh, twisting their little arms in certain ways or their paws, they would feel pain mm-hmm. and therefore probably not want that. And so is and it? And the meat industry doesn't uh, isn't very kind about how it goes about slaughtering animals. It tries to be as um, you know as efficient as possible. So it's likely to be quick, but not likely to be painless. Right. So I guess, you know, you could make the argument that it is morally wrong to uh, to kill animals for food and like you could also make the same argument that it's morally wrong to kill animals for any sort of product whether it's uh, you know, alligator purses or whatever, ivory uh, trinkets. You know, you one could make the argument that uh, taking life in order to create products is morally wrong. However, what about the other side of that argument? That is, you could make the argument that, well, many animal products are important to helping human humankind, mm-hmm. uh, to helping sustain life. Uh, to, for instance, uh, there are some products that are tested on animals. Some argue that that shouldn't be done, but others would argue that by testing the products on animals, we're preventing harm from being brought to human beings. Mm-hmm. And uh, are animals at the same level as humans as far as you know their cognitive abilities? Certainly not. Well, I think it's pretty clear that humans are the you know the dominant species on Earth. Is it wrong that we're the dominant species on Earth because that's just the way the the ecosystem has worked out? The lions could have been the dominant species, and then we'd all be, you know, close to extinction. I told you, I have some soft spots for this moral argument as far as vegetarianism goes. I just don't see me changing from eating meat anytime soon. It's my very favorite thing to eat. So if it's argued that having animals around to turn them into products to make people's lives better is, is that is that morally a good thing that we that you know we can make our lives more comfortable and more wealthy and better by utilizing by killing animals is that a moral argument or is that a utilitarian sort of an argument sounds utilitarian to me but our lives are better right i mean isn't it morally a good thing to extend the life uh, the lives of uh, of people yourself and other at people the, at the cost of the lives of some animals it's I certainly I'm I'm certainly no scholar. I'm not a uh, you know a, a major in scholarly things. I don't, I'm not really too well versed on you know these different sorts of uh, theories. 
But it, it does sound a little utilitarian, and you know the fact is, they taste good. I yeah. can't, you know, I can't get beyond that. I I want a delicious chicken slice of chicken marinated and some Jamaican jerk sauce or lemon pepper sauce and mmm mmm. Mm. I guess I'm more of an animal because of that, right? Maybe the maybe the vegetarians are more highly evolved than we are, Mark. Maybe since they can get over their lust for uh, for meat in their mouth, uh, that we are the the ones that need to to advance. I I don't see how that's uh, going to be an advancement necessarily um, in in evolution. So I'd be interested to hear um, what people think about that issue. You know, the question is, it a morally, as he po- points out in his email, if you can convince him that purchasing meat is a morally neutral action, please do it. I don't know if I can convince him of that. I mean, when I honestly take a look at it, I feel bad that, you know, animals are getting killed. Yeah. I know I certainly wouldn't do it. I don't want to go out hunting. I'm not a, I'm not a killer. I'm a lover, right? I, I'm, I'm a, you know, I, I'm a skilled debater, and if the guy calls in and, and you know, he can posit some reasons why it's uh, morally negative to kill animals, then perhaps I might, be able life. To, I might be able to, uh, you know, dodge I can make those arguments. You're taking life. Well, we've made all those arguments in the past that, um, you know, you're you're talking about a state of nature that uh, animals would take yours if you if they could. That That's kind of true. Thing. That's a good point. But because we are cognizant, because we understand that we're taking life and we're choosing to take lives where we may not necessarily have to take lives, then one could make that ar- the argument that humankind rises above the state of nature because we can override our instincts. It may be our instinct to run after a little beastie and stab it and put it over a spit and cook it, uh, but we can override our instincts in many areas because we have just better cognitive abilities than most animals. So that would put us on the same playing field as animals, and I don't know if that's necessarily true. I, so. it, it, it leaves me flat-footed. I just can't tell you. you know, I, I know that I, I can hear the moral arguments. I'm just going to eat meat. Uh, I'm with you, too. I mean, I'm hungry right now, and and this conversation's kind of getting to me, and I think I'm going to step into uh, the kitchen here in a few moments to uh, gorge. Some poor clams gave their life for my uh, New England clam chowder (laughs) that I had during the break. Yeah, and yeah, and then you get to the issue of, you know, well what has feelings and what doesn't? You know, if it's it's morally wrong to take the life of an animal, at what point do you draw the line – where where is the moral line drawn? Right. I mean, if it's, spines. Right. If it's more right, animals with spines are those the ones that feel pain and therefore animals with um, hair. It's okay. Or you know, is it as wrong? He says in his email that he's okay with exterminating a, a pile of ants. Uh, I don't know if they have nervous systems. I don't know if they can feel pain. I'm, I'm not They're sure. They're certainly higher up on the evolutionary scale than bivalve clams. That's a good point. Um, so you know, where where do you draw the line? Is it okay? Would a vegetarian eat a clam? I don't think so. Right? Mm, likely no. Some some people call themselves vegetarians that, and they eat fish because fish isn't meat. Um, but then again, chicken isn't really meat either by some definitions. It's poultry. Um, and I I would venture to say that uh, let's talk to the fish about whether he consider, considers his muscles to be meat or not. Um, you know, I, this fish have spines. I I really don't see why it is that some people draw the line at uh, mammals. Some people draw the line at birds. Some people draw the line at uh, fish. I don't know. It's an interesting question. I don't know if anyone will ever come to a firm answer as to I do, however, not like it when people call themselves vegetarians that eat fish. That annoys me. Really? Yeah. You're not a vegetarian if you eat fish. You're a pescador or something like that. Aren't there vegetarians that eat chicken, too? But that's not a vegetarian. <laughs> Let's talk to the chicken about whether they think that's a vegetarian or not. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it, it just, I, I'm sorry. If you're eating meat off of anything, you're not a vegetarian because that, that connotates eating vegetables. I don't know. Vegetarian always has bothered me as a term anyway because uh, vegetarian and vegan, you know, from the, the sound of the words, they sound like the same thing to me. Yeah, but they're not. Right. Big difference. Uh, and but, really, but That's because vegetarians have uh, bastardized their word, and vegans went and had to find a new word because vegetarians and already it, messed it up. And it's clear that uh, the vegetarians in the world of vegetarianism, clear from our email here, that there's a wide variety of people with differing belief systems within the vegetarian category. But once you get into the vegan category, isn't it true that all vegans are kind of crackpots? Or are there sensible vegans out there, too, that we're I'm missing sure we'll out find, on? I'm sure we'll get an email. From More them. on the way. Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the program, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The feature's on the site. We give them away, so enjoy those on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com. We spent all hour, last hour, talking about uh, vegetarianism, and now the calls roll in. Now, what we were talking about, just a recap for anybody uh, who was just tuning in, we had discussed vegetarianism earlier this week, and we were sort of lumping all the vegetarians in together. Though we were really, I thought we were focusing more on vegans and the uh, the real crazy extremes, fruitarians of this, this concept. People that have really taken vegetarianism to the ultimate extreme. But nonetheless, one of our vegetarian listeners was pretty upset with the way that we handled the situation and uh, and let us know about it. And I, th- I think he, he was very... It's a uh, good... Points. Very salient points. Very right in in uh, correcting us. So from now on, whenever we talk about vegetarians, we have to make the uh, we. I think we need to include the caveat that not all vegetarians are crazy, and uh, not all of them want to control what you eat. Not all of them want to tell you you can't uh, own pets and that sort of thing. In fact, a lot of them are very sensible individuals that have just simply made a food choice for themselves. Whether or not we agree with their food choice, that's a whole other issue. And, of course, the question that I had asked toward the end of the hour is, can you prove that vegetarianism uh, is the morally correct thing to do? Can you prove that it's morally wrong or even morally neutral to purchase meat products at the store? To support the slaughtering of animals by purchasing products that are made from them. Can you prove that? Let's go to the phones, to the fun, or bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Let's talk to first to Doug in West Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live. Doug? Uh, yes. I, it's been some years ago, but uh, I, ha- I have a book somewhere. It was called um, Food for the Spirit, and I'm pretty sure that the uh, author's name was Isaac Singer. But what they did... It was a very cogent argument, too. He looked at these uh, three uh, Western religions, and uh, specifically like the dietary laws of the um, Jews and Muslims are, are pretty similar. And also he was saying that they were so complex and hard to do um, that it was pretty much impossible. But also in the life of Jesus, he said an equal way to look at the translations, like somewhere it says fish or meat, like a, in some sense the old English used the word meat. It actually meant as a verb uh, to eat. But anything, in, hmm. in the beginning of it, uh, there was a very interesting uh, diagram, and it had carnivores, herbivores, and human beings. And it said that you know carnivores have uh, very long uh, claws for grasping the meat. They have fangs. 
Uh, they don't perspire. They they pant. Uh, they they have very short intestines for decaying meat to exit quickly. And there's also an interesting about the um, I believe it's the the saliva. There's a substance tylen in uh, the saliva of herbivores that predigest grains. And of course, the human being only fit into the herbivore category. Now, some people say, like, well, we have two, uh, say, these uh, canine teeth. Some people yeah, have, we have canine uh, teeth. As, as, as a concession, but you could also maybe say that could be used for, for certain fruits. But, well, um, you could also uh, say we have eyes in front of our head as well, which is uh, right, predator I mean, quality. Right. I, I have uh, eyes in front of my head at like a, uh, like a large uh, cat would in order to judge depth so I can jump on prey. But it was very interesting. The one comment I heard uh, is that, you know, you would not go kill the animal yourself because I think in human beings there is a certain uh, compassion that's in, innate and in us. And that I've heard that a, a good bit. She said, "Well, I couldn't do it. I couldn't kill them." Well, right. now that's only because I'm not starving. Okay, I mean, if if okay. I was starving out in the wilderness, it'd be a different story entirely. It's that's just, only yeah. because I he have. He claim to be lazy. That's <laughs> only because I have enough wealth in my life that I don't have to engage in those uh, nasty behaviors. And then also, I think a very important issue is the factory farming that's going on and the cruelty about that. What was the movie about the fast food and, uh, nation or something? It was just rather uh, unbelievable that people are Super you know, supporting me? that kind of thing. Supersize me? I think there was also a fast food nation oh. movie as well. Same guy that did that, I think. But uh, yes, and also uh, now uh, vegan is probably actually somebody made an argument one time. It would be a lot of work, but a raw vegan diet would probably be the most healthy uh, diet that you could do. I don't agree, man. I don't. But, uh, uh, that's. I mean, that's what they're they're going to claim. But everybody's got their own claims about what's the most healthy diet out there, and science certainly doesn't know what the most healthy diet is. They keep changing their mind on what right. the one, most healthy. At one diet. point, well, eggs are good for you. At one point, they're well. not. That kind of thing. Right. All I know is what tastes good to me, and being a vegan, I think. I mean, are you a vegan, Doug? No. Why uh, not? Veg- well, see, vegetarian in the sense that I'll probably just laziness. I guess I do uh, consume some, uh, you know, uh, say dairy uh, products, but but that would that would be it. But yeah, uh, in terms of some people that call, my God, I remember one time I, I I don't know who it was, but they said they were vegetarian because they didn't eat cow, and that was it. But right, you know. I, that terminology just that, that's it's it's crazy. That, you know, that's just because you won't eat a cow doesn't make you a vegetarian. It makes you a person who won't eat a cow. That's just somebody that yeah. wants to join the club. I mean, that's, and they're not willing to go all the way. I mean, that's like a Jew calling themselves a vegetarian simply because they don't eat pork. No. Mm. <laughs> um, now you said you don't you eat dairy products. Do you not eat eggs? No, I don't. No. Well, I mean, you know, that's a really good source of protein, and it's a it's mm. a complete source of protein. And it seems like since it's an unfertilized egg, although it's an animal product, so is dairy. It it seems like it, if to me it falls into the dairy category of that's that amount of well, molestation. I, yeah, I think you'd also say it's it's meat in a sense. It's kind of a piece of the body of the, of the chicken, but no, it's but, not. But that one time, that book though, uh, I need to find it again and, and try to read it. It makes some very interesting arguments, say from a uh, from a biblical standpoint, in terms of it was called food for the spirit. Hmm. But um, Doug, yeah, thank I, you, I, thank you for the call. We really appreciate yeah. hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Again, if you want to make the argument, because our emailer last hour had uh, said that he would like to be persuaded, if it's possible, that purchasing meat. You know, supporting the slaughtering of animals is moral is a, or at least morally neutral. Is a neutral, morally neutral action. I don't know if I can make that uh, that argument. Maybe you can. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That won't stop me from purchasing meat, uh, but I don't know if I can make the argument. Let's continue with the phone calls and talk to David in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, David. Oh, 
on the free talk. What's hey, on your mind tonight, sir? Hey, talking about eating with people is like trying to talk about freedom amongst Americans. You know, like some people want to hold back on some people's freedoms. And it all comes down to freedom and how you treat other people. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you eat, really. And, and and that's up to, it's like dressing. So because we're so affluent in America, we could go to the store and everything. I think this vegetarian, this whole way of eating is like an expression, right? Because when it comes down to it, man, they'll eat dead flesh off of frozen people out in the snow. Yeah, that's an excellent question. What happens to morals when, uh, yeah, what happens to your moral system when you are starving in the right. forest somewhere? It all somewhere? depends upon the, the affluence and uh, availability of food. Like some people will never farm. They think that farming is below them or or you know and that's like how adults breastfeed off the earth you know we have to farm you have to get your hands dirty mm-hmm. it's all a with vegetarianism i think you can't say it's a morally higher thing because hitler was a vegetarian there's a lot of cool <laughs> vegetarians that i you know? did not know and, and they and, and and i think it really comes down to how you think of other people like i said about freedom and, well, uh, Romans 14 talks about it in the in the New Testament. He said, it doesn't matter what you eat. Everybody was arguing, pork, don't eat pork, don't eat this. It doesn't matter about what you eat. It's a matter how you treat your other human being. That's why Jesus chose hmm. eating for the only thing to remember him by. Because to live, you got to eat. Right? That's true. And and to get along here on this planet, we gotta love one another, and that's what was his message. Remember that his body was all broken up because of the hate of people. Because well, I if you pork, believe the, you don't eat pork, tales. I don't want to do this on Sunday. You don't want to do that on s- Saturday. Right. All this stupid stuff. And he's saying, just like eating, man. Thank you, we David. Gotta know how to love one another. Thank you we for the call. I, I agree. Love is very important. I don't know if I necessarily agree with the religious stuff, but uh, you know, love, I'm, I'm all for that. But I, yeah, I, I think he brought up a really excellent point on what if you were out in the middle of a forest? Don't worry about how you got there. Okay, maybe it fell out of an airplane or something. You're out in the middle of a forest and you're starting to get pretty hungry, and the acorns just aren't cutting it. <laughs> and you see a little bunny rabbit. Man, are you hungry? Do you hold off? Do you not kill and slaughter and uh, shove the bunny rabbit's entrails down your throat because, well, you don't want to be immoral? Or all of a sudden, does it become moral to kill a bunny in order to sustain your own life? What do you think? 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up what you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. All the the phone lines are there for you totally free. That's 800-259-9231. Our website is totally free as well, including the bulletin board system. We've got over a quarter of a million posts. That's a lot of posts. Serious issues and fun stuff. You'll find it all discussed, and it's all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That is bbs.freetalklive.com. Let's go right into the phone calls and talk to Jim in Second Life, calling on the amplifier line. Hello, Jim. How's it going? Great. What's on your mind? Well, uh, the guy that called earlier about from the uh, Citizens Commission for Human Rights, uh, do you guys have any idea what that is? No. Nope. Okay. 
Well, the Citizens Commission on Human Rights is a Scientology front group, and their aim is to destroy psychiatry in any way possible to get more people to come to Scientology, give millions of dollars away to learn the story of Xenu. So uh, I just thought I'd clear that up. I also had a question for Mark. Is Mark still in that... uh, that, uh, The cult? Yeah, the cult. Yes, not a cult. Uh, and there's denial is the most common and, and human response. there's no response. membership to, to any of it. I mean, um, you know, I, what, what would it, it, it's a um, form of education. It's, it's some courses. How would I be in it or out of it? You're in it because you signed up for the first course, and then you signed up to uh, be one of their little helpers where you call up to try to recruit more people to join the course. That um, sounds like a membership to me. I didn't make it. You know, I didn't make calls to get anybody to uh, sign up to get. The didn't course. you sign up to be one of their helpers? I did sign up to be an introduction um, it, for the introduction leader program. Yes. yes. Hey, Mark. I got a really uh, two really good books you should check out. There's one better than the other. I can't remember the title. That's not um, really going to do me any good then. Yeah. Well, it, it's by uh, Steve Hassan, and he he's only he was only written two books, and those two books are very good, and they're really and they really talk about how uh, cults. Basically, uh, trick you into thinking that not that you're either in a religion or something legitimate, and uh, and pretty much dedicate your whole entire life. It was written by a guy who was a former Mooney, and uh, he 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 left the cult after he almost died. To to Mark's a, defense, I can stuff. say he's not devoted his life uh, to to landmark education by any stretch well, of the imagination. Quite, and yeah. landmark education is not a religion. How can it be well, a cult? Okay, well Scientology is not a religion. The hell it isn't. They believe in some alien guy. Okay, but you don't know about that until you paid uh, at least $300,000. I spent know about it because I read about it on the years. Internet. Oh, yeah, but they don't know about it. And if they're told that, they're pretty much uh, – usually they'll try to I can assure you. you that Landmark edu- Education doesn't have a giant uh, thunder god at the end oh, of it. That's true. That's true. But there are cults that are, um, that are non-religious cults. Okay. Now, what's another – another aspect of a cult is it draws you away from family and friends. Every yeah. Landmark course will encourage you to go out during the breaks and make telephone calls to your families and friends. Right, that's friends. because they want your, your family and friends to show up and get indoctrinated by the cult no, and spend thousands of dollars. they want you to have a good life. They don't yeah, like, I, I hear the same arguments from Scientologists, too. Fine. It, by the way, I don't know what Scientology is all um, all about. I, you a know, cult I is you? not necessarily a religion. It is the number one right. definition of cult. It is a particular system of religious worship, especially with reference to its rites and ceremonies. But it can also be an instance of great veneration of a person, an ideal or a thing. What person would what person would be venerated in, inside Landmark Education? The ideal or the uh, the cult or the, what the ideal? concept itself. What is concept is venerated? I've never been to your indoctrination yes, seminar. Yes, you have. Mark. You've sat in my liver, living room and went to an indoctrination seminar. Oh, I, well, that's because you begged me to. I, that wasn't the real I'm, thing. That I'm, was the I'm only telling you, what, what was the central idea there? Join the cult and it spend thousands of dollars? It wasn't anything like that. It, and there wasn't thousands of dollars. Okay, $800? It was $400 for the Landmark Forum. Jim, do you have any more thoughts for Mark while he's... Uh... Which, by the way, if you took any sales seminar out there, you would spend far more than $400 for a three-day and one-evening sales course. Well, you know, I know, I've known that a lot of those sales courses are pretty culty. <laughs> they get I'll people what, inspired, and, and to me, that's, that's all it is. It's just an inspirational seminar. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what. I'll do some more homework on landmark education because I, I pretty much know nil about it. So I'll do my homework, it's, and I'll come back to everything it. Everything they say on the Internet is by disgruntled customers. Take a look well, I'll, at... I'll look at I, look, I both look at pro and con because I, I've called in before, and I've said that I, I prick at Scientology, and it wasn't just me looking at Xenu.net. 
It wasn't just that. That's it fair. was me going to Xenu.net and then going to Scientology.org. Jim, and I what? looked at both, and I looked at both sides of the issue, and then I came to the conclusion that this is a dangerous and destructive cult. Look into it and and then come to a conclusion and get back in touch with us. But when you're looking, specifically look for the French documentary that was done exposing the insides of Landmark. They, uh, they actually brought hidden cameras into a Landmark oh. event, and it's very, very revealing and v- just amazing, stunning work. So take a look around for that. I'm sure you'll be able to find it. Thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. Let's go to Johnson in Connecticut. You're on Free Talk Live, Johnson. Oh, you also forgot to mention that they also brought in experts who study cults. Yes. What do you mean? That, that was something on, on the Landmark Education, that, that uh, video. Uh-huh. They also had experts who The video is so cults. long. I have no interest in seeing it. I, <laughs> yeah, that's because it'll challenge your belief system. No, 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 really. I'm telling you, it doesn't. my belief system has nothing to do with it. You're like a, I mean, a vegan that doesn't want to see a video about how meat's healthy. How do I, I live mean, this lifestyle that you're talking about? I mean, Does one of the landmark other education affect out? my life? I mean, one of the, thing, the other things that they pointed out in that video is, that, you know, exactly how certain brainwashing techniques work, and then they sort of cited What are they brainwashing of what, me of? What, what techniques uh, Landmark Education used. And, what and brainwashing? Are they, are they brainwashing you to be a better person? Are they brainwashing um, you into to being nice to your parents? I mean, well, what are they I mean, brainwashing you into doing? Having, uh, you know, leave, loving your wife? We can leave that for people... We could leave that for people who want to go watch that documentary. There's no really need to rehash that argument. I sort of wanted to bring up something about a a, a moral. You know, you guys were talking about the vegetarian. I think if you watch the documentary, you should go to it at, at the very least. Go to a, an introduction to Landmark Forum. That's give it fair. On, give I've an, done that. I've it, gone to the intro forum and watched the but documentary. But you're so cheap, dude, that you squeak. The, only, the your biggest problem with Landmark Education is they charge four hundred dollars for the course. Well, you know what, Mark? If you want to pay, I'll go to a Monadnock landmark forum. Um, and I think they only have them in Boston. Yeah, the, you'd have to go to Boston. And, uh, oh, Boston, whatever. You, you don't know, need to whatever. go to a landmark forum as far as I'm concerned. Go to an introduction. They're free. Uh, well, call, you know, whatever. Log on to landmarkeducation.com. Landmarkeducation.com. Say you're interested in an introduction. I'm sure they'll get you one. Now, uh, I wanna, before you move on, Johnson, I want to address what Mark's question was. What are they indoctrinating? What are they brainwashing people to do? They're brainwashing people to give up their time as volunteers for this for-profit organization, Landmark uh, Education is what they call themselves. And they have these people in, the, in this video, this French documentary, uh, this French news report you mean like our amp program uh what like our amp program what are you talking about well that's i mean time is money people work for the money that they give to give us to for our amp program when they give us money for the amp program and we're a for-profit business is that a terrible thing uh no i don't think it's quite the same thing you're of course you don't what we're talking about here you're one-sided and you would would refuse to look at it you're just so cheap you don't want to spend four hundred dollars with landmark form it absolutely is you're yelling and screaming because you don't want to hear what we have to say on you've got nothing to say i made a a salient point mark mark here i'll answer your question for you very directly i didn't really want to get into this and please don't dump out on me before i get to what i wanted to talk about you got a couple of minutes but uh Basically, the, what the, the difference is, Mark, is, and this is another thing that they talk about for people who are in sort of this brainwashing and sort of cultish groups, is like, for example, there are groups that have you walk on hot coals and, you know, <laughs> walk into an arrow to, uh, you know, to demonstrate do that. that you have power. And uh, there are certain activities that are like that. Those are just sort of extreme examples. Landmark and Education groups, claims that uh, power is speaking the truth. Will you let him make a point, Mark? I'm just, I mean, he's, he's talking about all kinds of other crap. It, the the so, crap all flows in the same river. Hang on a second, Johnson. No. We're coming back with more. 800-259-9231. 
this uh, landmark education course. Uh, we'll give you a little bit more information on it. And you let don't Mark know any information on it. Here. I've been to their intro, and I've seen the documentary, and that's what you asked me to do. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us, including live streams, broadband version of the show, dial-up version as well. Totally free for you at freetalklive.com. Now, before we go back to the phones... I want to have a chance to answer your allegation, which one of our uh, more uh, intellectual listeners said that you had actually made a point on. Uh, the, the only reason you even appeared to make a point was because you made the allegation and then proceeded to yell and scream, uh, not allow me to actually effectively rebut it. So now I'm going to effectively rebut it. We're talking about this uh, cult that's called Landmark Education. It's a group of people that, uh, that take money from uh, individuals that want to feel better about their lives. And we'll get into that in a little bit, a little bit more in a moment here. But you had said that Landmark asking people to volunteer for them as a for-profit agency, a for-profit organization. They call them assistants. Was similar to the Free Talk Live AMP program where we have people send in three bucks a month to support Free Talk Live. And no, it's not even close to the same thing because... With Landmark, you have to go and pay them hundreds of dollars to go to one of their little courses, and then after that, they try to rope you into becoming a volunteer to help them profit more in their business. With Free Talk Live, the AMP program simply replaces what many other radio talk show hosts offer on their website, and that is a paid membership subscription. Um, we offer all of our services on our website for free. We don't charge our listeners hundreds of dollars to access the website features. We don't even charge our listeners $1 to access the website features. We give it all away, and then we simply ask them that if they have found value in the products and services that we are offering on our show, that they voluntarily pony up some money in order to support the program. There's no outlay of cash required up front. Uh, it's, it's a completely voluntary option for our people. So is assisting for Landmark Education. Being an assistant for Landmark Education allows them to... Can you be an assistant without, without going to the Are you going to interrupt me, class? really? Yes, because, I am. No, can I let you, be a, I let you, you ramble on and say the word cult and stuff like that. Can you be an assistant without going to the first $400? class? Uh, no. Okay. Why would you so want it's to? totally different. Why would you want to? I'm just saying it's why totally would you different. Think, why would you be interested in landmark education and excited about landmark education if you hadn't taken the forum? Completely different. What's your point? They're, they have uh, charitable uh, ways to go see the forum. They give away free to certain uh, groups of people. Um, they have all kinds of charity uh, type things that they do. They give discounts uh, to different folks. Mm-hmm. So um, the reason that they, uh, you know, the, the assistant program allows them to offer their seminar which a $300 seminar for 3 3 nights and a week, and a weekday um, evening that's really cheap compared in the world What's of the next sales one seminars cost? you don't have to take the next What's one. it cost I believe that the next one's $700 for the advanced course mm-hmm. but you needn't for any reason take it I needn't take the first one you What's the take one any after of that them? cost um, I don't know What's the what teachers course I didn't cost? take it um, you mean the uh, ILP program? Whatever it's called. The it, one where you become a, one of their assistants. It's completely free. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> ha. 
Jerk. All right, Johnson, you're back on Free Talk Live with uh, Mark the Cult member. I guess the two questions that I have about Landmark are, first, I don't think that Mark really understands uh, brainwashing all that well. I, I understand thing, that it's a term um, that is, it, it's just a des- des- derisive term. Brainwashing isn't something no. real. You use the same thing I, when you teach kids how to read. Actually, that's, yeah, that's, well, then I would be correct in that you are completely false on that. that Repeating brain, the same thing over and over again is brainwashing. No. Um, there are actually several different, like, Lots and lots of different uh, brainwashing tactics, all of which are sort of used in in, uh, in concert. There, it's sort of a, a science. Um, and what I was going to say is that you know a real organization, a real business, actually offers some sort of testable result. And I doubt, I would highly doubt that an organization like Landmark actually really checks back in to see how you're doing, other than to get you to come out to another seminar. They ask, they ask money, you if you're satisfied is, with um, with the course. As a matter of fact, they offer a complete 100% uh, money back, uh, you know, guarantee if if you're not. Satisfied with the course. And 94% of people that take a landmark education call it a pivotal uh, moment in their life. One of the things that I'd like to bring up about brainwashing, though, is I think I found a great libertarian example of, of one single brainwashing te- technique, and that is it's called loaded words. And that, this is one that I, I've heard that uh, Landmark uses a lot. Loaded words are words or phrases which have strong emotional overtones or connotations which evoke strongly positive or negative reactions beyond their literal meaning. The phrase tax relief, for example, refers literally to deductions that a person might claim in order to reduce the amount of tax they must pay to their government. However, it is a loaded phrase in that the use of the emotive word relief Relief. implies the tax is an unreasonable burden to begin with, according to this, you know, uh, little Wikipedia entry. So, I mean, there are lots of things where you can load language in in different ways. People do it every day in, in all kinds of businesses, sure. Now, uh, to change the subject, because it's free talk last, <laughs> I wanted to go back to your, your point about the uh, the vegetarianism thing. And I, I had heard a sort of a philosophical argument um, that states that um, if you are on a, you know, say you're somehow stranded on an alien planet, uh, and uh, you, you're starving, there's nothing uh, edible to eat on the planet uh, that you're aware of, except for uh, you know or, or find out through some sort of communication, even though you're stranded there, that the local um, intelligent, not only intelligent, but sentient life form on the planet is in fact uh, not only edible, but tasty. Uh, do you consume them in order to save your own life? Um, or do you starve to death? That's a moral question. Yeah, it's a philosophical moral question. It's uh, it's a it's a very out there what if question. I don't know. I mean, when it comes to surviving, surviving is very important. Well, in that case, in that particular scenario, as absurd as it is, um, you're going to die either way. Unless this particular yeah, alien species is incapable of killing, they're going to come after you as soon as you kill the first I one. Think or if you're I think, really sneaky. <laughs> I think the idea that is that they uh, and from what I hear, humans uh, taste as good as pork and. As far as I'm concerned, there's nothing as good as pork. One last thing that I want to mention before I bail out, because I know you guys are sort of science light. Um, I have discovered very recently a video podcast, which really originally was not meant to be a podcast. Um, there is a conference that occurs every year um, called TED. That's T-E-D, and apparently this is uh, TED.com you can go to. They have posted these short videos. They have these very short sort of five-minute uh, speeches by these, 
you know, world-class scientists and speakers on all different topics from different points of view about some, like, amazing new technology, uh, amazing research into, uh, like, governments, economies, you know, on all sorts of subjects. And I've just, I've been watching this recently, and it is by far some of the best most intellectually entertaining and stimulating content that I've come across, you know, outside uh, the news and, and information that I hear, you know, nightly on Free Talk Live, uh, that I can, uh, you know, that I can come up with. So well, I'll I have to, assu- I'll have to that. assume that there's some good because I'm looking at a picture of Bill Clinton on the uh, first page of their website, and that doesn't do a lot for me. No, that of course wouldn't. <laughs> the, the most recent one they had is actually by this. Um, they're, they're, they're doing, you know, the, this week, I guess, they did a sort of thing on Africa. And one of the most recent speakers, uh, I don't know if he's intentionally or if he even understands how libertarian that he is, but he, um, he sort of get, goes into this talk about, you know, how governments and the economy and how, uh, you know, in, he, he talks about sort of ancient... Uh, Afri- you know, old African economics and, and villages and tribesmen mm. and how that was sort of a free market system and talks about how it is the government that has ruined Africa. And it's a very interesting. I mean, there, there Africa, are different yeah. speeches like this. Interesting point. Johnson, thank you for the call and the recommendation. We appreciate it. At 800-259-9231. Look, I don't want to get real. Uh, you know, I don't really want to rehash the, uh, the whole landmark thing any much further than we already have. We spent three hours on it. I think it was earlier this year or sometime late last year. Uh, I think it's, it was late last it's year. It's probably up in our archives somewhere, which we give away an entire year's worth of right there on the front page of the website. And you know what? I mean, as far as their business practices are concerned, Mark, obviously their courses are cheaper priced than other similar courses. They do have the money-back guarantee. But none of those things negates the fact that these people employ cult-like behavior and they employ brainwashing techniques such as... I don't as, think that they do. Uh, such as sleep deprivation. There's no sleep deprivation. Uh, That's ludicrous. They, it's, you, you, the course is from 9 a.m. To, to midnight. More you on can the sleep way. nine this hours. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything. The toll-free number, 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 800-259-9231. Just enough time for your call if you make it now. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away. So enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. You want to help support the show, then go and voluntarily purchase some products at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you shop through that link, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. So go and buy some stuff in their 41 categories of products at amazon.freetalklive.com. All right. Uh, let's go to the phones, to the fun, to KSCO land out in Santa Cruz, California, and let's talk to Anna. Hello, Anna. You're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Hi. Um, I've taken several of the landmark courses, and I, I've just been listening for about half an hour, and I hadn't heard anybody call in that had taken taken any of the classes except for the speaker there. Okay. I wanted to chime in. Um, I'd say I was 95 to 98% satisfied. I, you know, I took several classes, so clearly I enjoyed the whole experience. Um, I, if I had my druthers, I'd make the days shorter. I'd, I'd yeah. reduce the pressure on the verbal, you know, the verbal. Um, Word of mouth and and, and pads for the seats. Yeah, and pads for the seats, and and you know, and but it it was a really transformative experience for me. I think it um, it helps different people depending on what you go in there uh, with your problem statement. But it can 
help you with relationships or help you with leadership and communication and all those things were um, focus areas for me. So it really people helped seem me to people seem to career. Um, right, yeah. Anna. Um, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. People seem to have a wide variety of experiences with this program. Uh, everything from glowing experiences, such as you claim to have had, uh, from people that have had mental breakdowns and have had to have been hospitalized. Uh, were you aware of that? No. No, I've never heard of any that, that kind of. You know, they, um, Anna, they do have you sign that mental health uh, waiver um, there in the yes. at the beginning of the forum, and I think that yes. that's probably done because um, you know there there certainly are people out there with really soft minds, and uh, th- likely they would want to take something like the landmark forum, like a quick feel good fix. But you know, like you said, ninety something percent of the people that walk out of um, out of those landmark forums are just fine their their lives are working better they're getting they have better relationships with their family they're making more money at work and as far as i can tell landmark education a very good thing very good yeah and 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 you don't have to volunteer the volunteering is completely optional i think that's a a very small minority of people that want to go of course it's volunteering Mm -hmm. if it wasn't optional it wouldn't be volunteering it's like an internship and and that's how people get extra right they actually um, had someone clean it really is like an internship because they had their volunteer cleaning their bathrooms uh in this undercover video that was shot by this french television station somebody has to clean the bathrooms right why don't you hire a janitor (laughs) they're making millions of dollars a year at this business look um it costs them a lot of money to run their business at the same time. They have to rent uh, hotel ballrooms mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Right. I didn't actually even know that it was a for-profit business. It doesn't feel like it when it doesn't you know, feel it like it. To me, but they, um, you know, they, they, what they're doing is they're expanding their business on a regular basis. And yes, they do run it as for-profit. And I don't really see and anything wrong with that. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. And they're, they're, I find their prices to be very affordable compared to other kind of leadership or communication training. Right. It's it's very accessible to a wide audience. So, and thanks for thank you for the call. Appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Mark, you were telling me that Landmark would sue Free Talk Live if they found out that uh, this was going on. It sounds to me like an infomercial. What do you mean? I don't know. That right there was like an infomercial. That's because a, people testimonial. Ninety something percent of the people that take the course considered a pivotal moment why in their life. Su- why would they sue us over this? Because they do not like negative press. Yeah, they're but you know what? It's interesting. Landmark is, uh, and that's just a speculation on my part. I certainly don't know what they would do. They're very similar to Scientology in that uh, they are very, very liberal with their lawsuits. If you come out with again some sort of negative uh, documentary, as this French television station did, which really revealed the innards of Landmark Education, they snuck some hidden cameras in there and uh, and recorded footage of the of the event. That that's absolutely shocking. Uh, where they they are mentally and verbally abusing some of the participants. It's just very sad stuff, in my opinion. But they um, they went after this TV station, and actually the uh, the France government ended up kicking Landmark out of the entire country of France. Not that I'm for governmental action in any of these areas, but I found that interesting. Um, they they have filed lawsuits against. YouTube and Google Video and other video um, websites that have hosted this particular French documentary because they don't want the information getting out. Uh, they don't want that uh, those, those internal tapes being released. And well, you know, maybe uh, you know, it's information. Sort of maybe it's uh, slanted. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I'm not interested in well, spending. Yeah, it's slanted against Landmark. Right. It's slanted. It's, a, it's a, that's not information. 
No, it's information. That's they spin. have they have cult experts on the show revealing the brainwashing techniques that this group does. Of course, you're, cult you know, expert. 90, I bet that's a high paying. Ninety five percent of people that graduate from Landmark ex- enjoyed the experience. That's because they were effectively brainwashed by the Landmark cult. Then it's a pretty darn effective brainwashing technique too. Well, and it makes you live a better, And it makes you um, live a more effective life. You make more money and you get along better with your pa- parents. Brainwash me into that crap, please. <laughs> Well, Mark, you would have made more money anyways because that's the kind of person you are. You're, you know, moving on in life. You're getting more wealthy as you go on. So I don't think you can necessarily ascribe Landmark to the fact that you're making more money. It's you that made more money, not Landmark. They didn't I do would, it for I you. I would say that I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that Landmark, uh, you know, made me more money. I would say that Landmark made it um, so that you know I made more money. Certainly, short, shortly after I took the Landmark forum. Let's go to the numbers the don't lie. Phones and talk to Paula in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live, Paula. Yeah, hi, hon. Hi. I just wanted to call and talk to you about uh, some some things that's been going on. Um, I uh, was listening to Alex today, and um, you just talked about the brainwashing. Mm-hmm. They're doing a very good job of brainwashing our children with these drugs and with these programs that they're doing this, you know, mind-washing with. And I tell you what, I think people of this country need to stand up and say, we're not going to have any more of this. This is going to stop. And, I mean, the people of this country, I mean, they need to stand up and fight like they never have before. One thing's for and, sure, the government is, is certainly a lot more dangerous than the Landmark Forum. As far as the uh, the government education and indoctrination system is uh, far more, uh, far was much wider reaching. They, uh, you know, they're 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 hurting our kids. They're indoctrinating them to be good little government slaves, and that's the, that is certainly a true tragedy. And they really deserve to be fought against. Landmark's just a, just one of many cults. Well, you know what? They're going to answer for this one day. And they're going to answer for it big time. And they better wake up before it's too late. Is that a threat, Paula? And, I mean, this thing about <laughs> the, also this Minneapolis uh, uh, crash here, I mean, this is horrible. Yeah, it, it is right, horrible. What's the conspiracy theory behind this one, Paula? Because we haven't heard one yet. Well, I, you know, they said, if you notice today, they were showing how close this bridge was to that dam. And they said that that water was flowing pretty badly. And you think about all the cars on this bridge, all on one side of the bridge, all at one time, bumper to bumper. Don't you think that maybe the washing of this water that goes through there pretty strongly, and plus with all the weight of these cars all on one side of a bridge, don't you think that that would sort of cause a problem? Not if the bridge was built correctly. Thank you for the call, Paul. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. And I was just curious as to what... I hadn't heard any of the conspiracy crowd coming out on this one. I didn't know if there there was a conspiracy theory that had been created for this. But um, it seems to me that the situation with the Minneapolis Bridge is that the government... Botched up. Uh, they in, they inspected the bridge. What was it last year? Um, they inspected like the that? bridge in 2000, from what I understand. Oh, 2000. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's been a while. Then. 2001, excuse uh, me. They they inspected the bridge uh, several years ago. They found out that there was some weak parts. Mm-hmm. There was some was a rust. Or it was last like that? inspected in 2004, but it had been it, they had identified problems in 2001, and they decided that it was something that they could live with. Hold off. Not do yeah. anything about. Um, and so that's what the problem is. It's just yet another. Government failure. Yeah. Government fails at everything that it tries to some degree or another. Sometimes, you know, they can build a road if they throw enough money at it, uh, but they failed in that they could have done it for less, right? So government can't do anything very well, and when you trust government to keep you safe, 
these are the types of things that happen. It wasn't a conspiracy to have the, the bridge crash down and kill, you know, a dozen people or four people or however many people. I think it was four at last Whatever time it is, it's tragic. Uh, or, or, or injure 50 people. I and think all the, the, last the property damage. Right. Um, it wasn't a conspiracy to do that, but it was certainly negligence and stupidity and lack of uh, of market functions, now, lack of here's uh, market my, signals. Here's my question on it all. Now, if I had a bridge on, like, like, say I had a shopping mall and I built a bridge to get from the road to my shopping mall. If that bridge collapsed, it was a gigantic bridge, it had a whole bunch of people's cars on it and um, hurt them and all that stuff. If my bridge collapsed, would those people be able to sue me? Yes, I the would hope so. Yeah, absolutely. They would be able to get uh, the, the insurance companies that had to pay for those cars. Would yeah, sue I would me. think the insurance pe- companies would sue, for and sure. um, the, the people that got injured would sue me. I would be destitute. Now, the government builds a bridge, and it collapses because, well, they did a crappy job of maintaining it. Who's going to sue the Minneapolis government? You can't do it. The the the, uh, the state of Minnesota, totally immune. Yeah. It's, 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 it's wrong. Oh, but Mark, now all the governments are saying they're going to inspect their bridges to make sure that they're safe. I wonder how effective that'll be. They Vinny inspected this one you. in 2004. And Mark. And we'll be back tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.